Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can just peacefully. This was their finest. Hey guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. Now guys, as you maybe know, 2020's been a pretty wild year. I mean, I find it very exhilarating that history's real again and there is true ideological struggle in the air and we must live or die by our ideals. Uh, but it's also a little stressful. You know, I was reading the news, some stressful news this weekend, and I I went gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely a stressful year. It's on everybody's minds. You're not going to challenge me on that? I don't have any gray hair on my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, you're naked right now, so actually, <laughs> I'm collecting in the full milieu of, uh, of Nathandom. Sean, goddammit, when you don't challenge me, I can't get to the point that my asshole all went gray, and I look like <laughs> one of them Japanese monkeys that throws filth from a hot spring. <laughs> Damn it, Sean. Ah! I'm so stressed right now! Well, it's just, <laughs> I've, I've learned to try to not feed you when, when you start getting going. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm in a cage, and I'm like, <laughs> you want to feed me? I'm so cute. But then I'll turn into a dinosaur. You're like a campsite chipmunk. That's you know true. I mean? That's true. You feed them a little bit, and the next thing you know, they're twirling on a branch and fucking popping into your rice stores. I know you want to say that thing from It's Always About Mary. There's something about Mary. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Seven little chipmunks twirling on a branch down by the river on my father's ranch. You've said that like four times a week for like a month now. You know the rhyme. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's... I don't know why we would keep that. Ugh. Okay, but look, it is stressful. And even your like amped up feelings might itself it's a certain type of stress be a manifestation of the fight or flight type situation. Right. You might be getting the fight yeah. feeling. I mean, guys, we're gonna talk all about stress for a very stressfully long period of time. We're yes. gonna talk about how stress operates physiologically, mm -hmm. right? We're gonna talk about the things the boop boop. The things you pump through your body to make you stressed. Yep. It's effects we're eventually going to talk about. There's all sorts of crazy stress shit. All right. We're going to talk about all that. Yeah. We're talking about like a month plus worth of episodes. So what I would say is, I know it's stressful to even hear about stress, but try to stick around for this episode and the next one to really learn about the basis of how stress works in your body. And then we're going to get to start Putting in a little bit of the stuff like, oh, hey, does stress actually make your hair turn gray? Is stress actually good because it better conditions people to be capitalist cogs? <laughs> stress eating, and then at the same time, stress stomach pain so you don't eat as much. You know, like there's a lot of stuff associated with stress. The way modern consumerism is a way to make you think you don't have stress so you can be more useful to the system. Wow, yeah, I guess we'll talk about that. All right, anyway, <laughs> so, but on this first episode, we're going to start out by talking about what is stress, and then what are some of the things floating around your blood that help make you stressed. Mm. So let's get into it. Metal. Okay, guys. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I was in an iron mine. <laughs> I got some metal in my blood. It's making me real stressed. Wow. Because I don't know where it is. What? But I can feel it bump up against my capillaries sometimes. Oh, shit. So, Sean, tell me about it. <laughs> That's, I guess not the least coherent that you've ever been on the podcast. <laughs> anyway. Um, I remember last April when I had rabies. <laughs> this is terrible. This is a terrible episode. Yeah. Although, very similar to March where you were speaking in tongues the whole time. So That's true. That's <laughs> a very similar vibe. Our Aramaic episode is a cool yeah. one. Um, so, stress in a biological sense, is a perturbation <laughs> or threat of perturbation to your homeostasis or kind of like your regular day-to-day function. So it means you're like we're perverting the way things normally work, right? We're going... Dong, dong, dong. It's basically a disruption. Right. It's a disruption to the way things normally go. And when you frame it like that, what isn't stress, right? Right. Going to sleep late. Or sleeping in the next day yeah. is a perturbation to your homeostasis. Right. right. Okay. Or, you know, jumping into the Pacific Ocean off the coast of LA is right. very cold. That's also a kind of stress. That's why famously we have really high stress levels now. And children and orphans in coal mines back then had no stress because they had a very regular schedule <laughs> yeah. and no weekends. <laughs> they were born in the mines yeah, and yeah, they yeah, died had, in the mines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a very clear homeostasis <laughs> that was uh, uh, child slavery. <laughs> well, well, what was the thing Bane said in that Batman movie? He was like, I was born in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yes. Have you seen Taboo on FX? <laughs> <laughs> it's not my best work, but it's a good scene. Uh, Tom Hardy. Anyway, okay. So, a lot of times, though, stress is divided into physiological stress and psychosocial stress. Right, and Supreme Court stress. That's a third category that we're really seeing it nowadays. Yes, yeah. And then I'm going to add in one more category to briefly touch on, which is cellular stress. Right. But the other two, physiological and psychosocial, those are like organism level stress like you level stress whereas cellular stress is like on the itty bitty cell level okay well tell me about it stud what's physiological stress physiological stressors are things that are like physically fucking with you like you got stabbed or it's too hot or too cold room smells bad it's like if you are going through midlife crisis you don't want to be in the editing suite anymore and you go to the south african coast you jump into the super cold water, nine degrees Fahrenheit, <laughs> boom, your body hits the water, your cortisol levels go through the roof, and you, that's actual physiological stress. Yeah, exactly. And I want you- an octopus teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good documentary. Everybody go on your Netflix. It's not hentai. And watch My Octopus Teacher. So good, bro. And then listen to our octopus episode. Octopuses are fucking nuts. Yes. The cephalopod episode's got lots of juicy details. So physiological stress can also just include things like hunger, right? right? Or like lack of sleep. Yeah. That's what Buddha figured out. Because Buddha starved himself for seven years and couldn't reach nirvana. And he's like, bro, I'm so stressed, bro. Like, I can't reach nirvana. And they had some rice. And was like, oh, if I'm not hungry, I could think about nirvana, bro. That's weird (laughs) because... (laughs) I mean, honestly, when I was writing up the notes, Buddhism came up in my mind several times. Yeah. Because, well, we'll get into this actually much later, but a certain amount of stress is actually adaptive, right? Like there is a reason for stress and it can be good. 
to help you get back into homeostasis, right? To like overcome yeah. challenges. You know, what makes me physiologically stressed is listening to white people tell me about Buddhism. <laughs> that uh, makes me real stressed. <laughs> I, <laughs> not all the time. I was going to say listening to anybody talk to me about Buddhism gets me stressed out. It doesn't have to just be white people. Anyone talking to me about religion? I mean, that's true, but Buddhism is like similar to Taoism. There's a lot of it that's like really slippery to me, like mentally. You yeah. Know what I mean, there's a lot of ideas where it's like. I don't like you playing on those kind of Orientalist tropes, Sean, of slippery Orientals, live bodied. It's like <laughs> you try to grab them and they're right out of your fingertips. Yeah, it's like they're all greased or something. <laughs> Sean, your half Korean side is screaming right now. Yeah, it's upset. <laughs> it's upset most of the time. Psychosocial stress. Okay, tell me about it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying oh, that we are me undergoing psychosocial yeah. stress. Right okay, now. but physiological stressors often set off what is called the fight or flight response right. in acute situations. Okay? Right. Because it's like, hey, suddenly you're cold and it's like, why did this happen? Maybe you need to do something to fucking get out of the cold or I just your punch body the up. water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you're like, oh, fuck you, ocean. <laughs> fuck you, ocean, bro. <laughs> yeah, you think you're better than me? <laughs> <laughs> I got kicked off the beach once because it was like 6 a.m. and there's some surfers and I heard yelling and they weren't sure what it was and they looked over and I was just like, fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> Police had to come and drag me off. I was like, who fucking bitch? You took my girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, psychosocial stress. Yes. Uh, maybe emphasis on the psycho for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so when people talk about stress in the context of their lives, I think this is actually the category they're talking about more often, right? They're not talking quite as much about physiological stress right. and more about right. life challenges. Oh my God, we're out of Shaw today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> being judged socially, being excluded, getting yeah. evicted. And this famously isn't real and you need to calm down. <laughs> No, just kidding. <laughs> just damn. kidding. Just kidding. Holy shit. Anyway, so there can also be a plenty of situations where there is both a psychological stressor and a physiological stressor mixed in together. Right. It's right. like if you're in a village and you feel socially ostracized and they're about to stone you. Yeah. It's like a little both. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You might get fight or flight for a lot of reasons. Right. You feel ostracized <laughs> and you also are going to be stoned to death. Yeah, I saw get out. <laughs> so one thing that's interesting is that a lot of the physiological impacts of stress, like what it does to our body, actually ends up being very similar to when the actual stressor is a psychosocial one. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So like, I think we do kind of dichotomize it into two different things, right? It's like, oh, there's the body stuff and then there's the brain stuff. But the end result, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about in this episode, actually ends up being very similar between the two. Right. I mean, I think the mind-body distinction matters if you're in a philosophical tradition where there's a soul. And if we've decided that the mind really just emerges out of a biological system, the brain, then like, why would there ever be a, a meaningful mind-body distinction? Right? Like, everything that happens in the mind has to happen in the body, literally. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, it's hard to remember that on the day-to-day. -day. You know what I mean? Like, we're so used to thinking about ourselves and right. then oftentimes thinking about our body as, like, right. uncooperative bystanders. Yeah, I mean, when I stand in the mirror and I punch my belly and I say, <laughs> why are you here? You do a lot of punching, man. Yeah, I know. I'm so, I'm so mad right now. Oh, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> so, I mean, when I'm taking it out of my body for eating all the hamburgers, yep. it feels like my mind and body are different. Yeah. But really... My mind is part of the same rot. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, okay, so then... I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> before we take a break, I'm just going to toss in there a real little blurb about cellular stress, okay? So this is not organism level. It's just it so happens that our cells also undergo perturbations right. to their homeostasis. And that can be things like DNA damage. Right. Or that can be things like proteins misfolding. Right. And your cells have to deal with that. And so they have a whole set of things that they'll do to try to overcome that challenge. Or if that challenge is too much to overcome, to undergo... They uh, lysosome themselves. <laughs> apoptotic cell death. Or senescence. Mm. They'll put themselves out to pasture. Right. Yeah, they pray to the Greek god senescence and to the Egyptian warlord... Apoptosis. <laughs> Either way, this is an important thing for biologists, but this is not generally when real humans, you know, not reptiles, are talking about stress. This is, this is not the stress they're talking about. Right. Although sometimes your whole body stress can end up communicating two cells in a way that stresses them out on right. a cellular level. And enough cellular stress like in an organ or a tissue, yeah. can end up physically stressing you out because right, right, it's like right, right, damage right. or something like that. Right. So it can play in, but that's not like the main juices. So that's all I want to say about <laughs> cellular stress. And let's go ahead and take a break. And then when we get back in, let's talk about what is going on for both physiological and psychosocial stress on like the blood level. You know, right. like what's coursing through your veins, making mm. you stressed out. Okay, cool. Let's take that break. Hi, guys. I'm Donatello Iglesias. And I've found new love, thanks to the dating app, Sixes. It's a dating app where people like me, a two, can finally find someone who they could really love and who could love them back. I, myself a two, have found a beautiful woman, a wonderful person on the inside who's a one. And yes, sometimes I look at threes and occasionally I'll even look at fours and I wonder what, 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 what could have happened there. But I, I, I don't think about it too much because she's so smart and she's so funny and I know she's the woman for me. Because we met on Sixes. So come to terms with your ugliness and download Sixes today. <laughs> okay, guys, so we're back. Sean, earlier you were getting me really rock hard talking about what's coursing through my body mm -hmm. when I feel stress looking upon your form. Sure. So tell me, what is coursing through me physiologically when I am stressed? Right. So... In this chunk, we're going to talk about what are called the systemic stress hormones. Yeah, the... <laughs> okay. S-S-H. <laughs> Shh. Shh. Anyway. Okay, fuck. Wow. Not useful. So tell me about it. It's yeah. done. <laughs> okay. So I'm kind of approaching this chunk of this sort of backwards. Yes. All right. Okay. So when we talk about both physiological and psychosocial stress, at some point your brain is involved. Right. Okay. And then your brain has a bunch of neuron shit that goes on right. and then at some point it secretes some stuff to send signals to the rest of your body and we're talking to the secreted stuff right that's because so brains are garbage we don't want to talk about them yet they're just super hard to talk about yeah so this episode we're going to talk about kind of the end result part which is the hormones that go around and then we're going to work our way backwards so then Next episode, we'll talk about a little bit of the brain stuff. The episode after that, we're going to talk about like the really brainy sort of like consciousness, unconscious, subconscious shit. Wow, cool. Get um, Freudian on me, huh? Yeah, and that's next, next time. Don't get Freudian on me. But this time, we're going to talk about cortisol. I'm Freudian on you every episode. I know. <laughs> I, I've, I've noticed. <laughs> All right. Okay, so tell me about it. Okay. Cortisol uh, is one of the major hormones that's running around. It's often called the stress hormone. Yeah, I, I heard that a lot on House. 
it would be like you know, put cortisol in them or something, right? Or right. Okay, so that's the second part of this, which is that it's a little steroid goober, oh, a little okay. steroid, and so it's, it's got a Napoleon complex. <laughs> He's like Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> buddy and pumping all, all iron. All steroids are around the same size, and they're all pretty little. Yeah, they're in the same broad family as things like progesterone and estrogen. Crazy, and they're made from cholesterol. Now the thing is, is that sometimes we use cortisol as a drug. Okay. okay, so you will get like injections of cortisol-ish, especially topical administration. Yes. But it's not usually called cortisol when we use it as a drug. It's usually called hydrocortisone. Okay. So there's hydro- hydrocortisone too. cream Ooh. is a topical cream that you can put, and it's usually used for anti-inflammatory purposes. So if you have like a rash or something like that, it might be able to help calm down that rash. Is that the same as those like Icy Hot packs or creams that they used to sell a lot? I think Icy Hot stuff is like something that evaporates really well and then uh. maybe like some capsaicin. Oh, okay. Okay, interesting. Because I had some buddies in camp in 10th grade who put it on their balls wow. and just like flipped out. Right, yeah. like it had the effect, you know, the intended effect, actually. Sure, yeah. And like they're putting milk on their balls, and like nothing was working, man. <laughs> like it really freaked. They run it under the sink. Like it took a while to stop being icy hot balls. It's mostly just hot, was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we shouldn't be surprised that there's like all these university students getting COVID. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like we're all stupid. So part of me thinks you don't reopen colleges. The other part of me thinks you just put a fence around the college and just like, whatever. <laughs> you know, just don't let them out. It's a, it's a lost generation. <laughs> who's who's left after a year? I mean, that's the person who gets to come back to society. All right. So <laughs> so this is a cream. You can get it at like CVS or Walgreens or whatever. Like, yes. It, it's a over-the-counter. And it is anti-inflammatory. And that's the main reason that we'd use it as a drug. Yeah. Okay. But it is the same hormone that is the stress hormone. Okay, cool. All right. So that maybe gives you a little bit of window into something that we're going to be talking about way, way, way later. Why stress is good. (laughs) Why stress affects your immune system. Oh. Because it does. Very directly. Okay, cool. Okay. Get you pumping. a lot of that is through the effects of cortisol. Okay, cool. Although not exclusively. Okay, so we got the sexy hormone. Yeah, and it's floating around your blood. You know what I mean? Usually, uh, this isn't in the notes, but usually when it's floating around your blood, it's actually floating around attached to a protein that helps carry it. What exactly is like the chemical composition of a hormone? Like, or like cortisol? Is that like little benzene bro making out with another thing? Or like, what is it? So cholesterol is a lot of carbons and some hydrogens and a little bit of oxygens. And they are rings, but they're not benzene rings. Okay. They're more like little pentagram rings stuck together and a little bit of stuff like Mm, that. Satan. Yeah. It's... Cholesterol the same as a steroid? All of these steroid ones are made from cholesterol. Okay, cool. Okay, so he got this cholesterol-made kind of little fuck hood, and he's like, oop, to a protein, flowing around your blood. Yeah. Okay. And then you got cells all over your body. Okay. Most kinds of cells. I don't. <laughs> I am a mental man! <laughs> Very confusing. Um, and inside of this... I'm like Bulma from Dragon Ball. Wait, Bulma's no. a person. Uh, you I, fucked up. She's an animated character show. <laughs> You're like no. on like Android 18. There we go. Like but I'm just, I'm hot is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm hot and I want to fuck a bald man. <laughs> a little one. I want to fuck a little bald man. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Or shrimp called Krillin. <laughs> I'll fuck either. Just give me a bucket of shrimp or a little bald man and I'm going to fuck him. Yikes. <laughs> Um, I had a friend in high school that we cruelly called Krillin sometimes, and yeah. uh, that was a rough... So It's a dark part of my history. Uh, was, I, he, I was he bald? No, but he was small. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a he had a Krillin-like 
effect to him. Well, what are you going to do about it? That's his fault. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so within cells, just like fucking all over your body, okay, in the cytoplasm, there's a little protein, and that protein is a receptor for things like cortisol. It's called a glucocorticoid receptor. It's this little protein guy, and it floats around the cytoplasm, and at one point or another, cortisol can kind of slip through the membrane of cells, bump up against that receptor protein. Right. And then, now that that receptor protein is bound to cortisol, it's activated. Yeah. It can go into the nucleus, it can set off a bunch of transcription to make a bunch of other proteins, or it can interfere with the transcription of other proteins, so it'll stop stuff from getting made, it'll make new stuff, all kinds of shit like that. So basically, it sets off a whole bunch of signaling and can tell cells to make all kinds of things. And because of what it makes, what sorts of mRNA it decides to produce and everything like that is dependent on what other transcription factors are around. It can vary from cell to cell. It can vary from tissue to tissue. So you can get different kinds of responses in like your liver versus your skeletal muscle or something like that. Right. But that guy, it's one of the big signals that happens when you're stressed. The cortisol gets dumped out into your blood. It goes all over your body into all kinds of cells and tells them that they need to put on their dancing shoes because it's stress time. So if I wanted to de-stress, could I just put a, like, you know how in the standard model, every, like, little fuckhead, like, electron has an antimatter counterpart? Okay. I mean, can we apply supersymmetry to cortisol and just take a pill that's anti-cortisol and then just, like, be a little less stressed? Yes, there are inhibitors for cortisol-like stuff, yeah. So why doesn't the Trump administration just give, like, a bucket of that to every American and then win re-election? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, so that's, a, that's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So I think part of that is it, it's hard to dose that kind of thing. I don't think Trump's too worried about that. He's <laughs> just like, give him a bucket. Yeah, maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> Trump drug. In a weird way, that question is like semi-addressed by information in the next two things I want to talk about. Mm. So there are diseases that happen if you either have too much cortisol or not enough cortisol. Okay. Okay. Okay, I see. They're called Cushing's and Addison's. Okay. And so Cushing's syndrome is one where you have too much cortisol. Sexy. And because there's cortisol doing signaling all over your body, there's a bunch of different symptoms. So you get like high blood pressure. You get abdominal obesity, right? So like your trunk area gets a lot of fat deposits, but not your arms and legs. Ah, yes. Right, so it's like people with kind of skinnier arms and legs, but like more weight in their trunk. Okay. Uh, Some face rounding, weakened muscles, acne, fragile skin with poor wound healing. Wow. Sometimes the extra cortisol that's in your body is because of like a tumor or something. Yeah. That's like freaking out your glands and it's like your glands are now like spurting out random amounts of cortisol right but a lot of times it's actually because you are taking the cortisol or the glucocorticoid as a treatment for a different disease because we talked about how like hydrocortisone is an immunosuppressant and sometimes you need immunosuppressants right yes and so you might be taking those steroids like for example for covid for covid steroidal anti-inflammatory immunosuppressants are actually something that gets used sometimes. Okay. If you take them for too long, that can give you Cushing's disease. That's cool. Well, yeah, I guess it's cool. No, I'm into it, man. (laughs) I like that. And so the flip side of this, Addison's disease, is where you aren't making enough cortisol. Okay. And a lot of times that's because of an autoimmune attack on the glands that produce the cortisol. Okay. So in that case, it's not like, oh, I'm taking too much of this drug or something like that. It's like your body went and actually killed the shit that makes your cortisol. Wow, that's cool. And for that, you often see low blood pressure, 
vomiting, diarrhea, salt imbalance in your blood, hypoglycemia, so you don't have high enough blood sugar. You need that stress hormone, man. Right. So cortisol is important. You need to have it in balance. This right. Is, this is the Buddhism part, right? The oh, middle way. Oh, the middle yeah. Way. I like that. <laughs> and so... I've been watching a lot of Avatar here, buddy. To kind of hit that point a little bit harder, cortisol is not just about acute stress or chronic stress. It's also involved in your circadian rhythm. Yeah. In that if you, like, take people's cortisol levels in, like, 20-minute intervals throughout a day, it goes through a pretty consistent cycle. Cool. Where it's at its minimum around midnight. And it stays pretty low until, like, 2 or 3 a.m. And then it starts ramping up until it's at its peak at 8 to 9 a.m. And then it starts to kind of go down again. And you get these bumps at lunch and dinner time. So... I mean, is that actually uniformly true of people? Like, aren't there some people who have different circadian rhythms or, I don't know. Right. Night so owls? it's, I think, a little hard to tell. It is true that there are people who are night owls and stuff like that. Yeah. From what I've seen, the cortisol matches that pretty well. Yeah. And of course, of they have a different physiology anyway. Well, Since, I mean, if you transform into an owl, just like cortisol's out the, <laughs> the door, right? Like, you, <laughs> if you are an owl tonight, <laughs> you fly away. <laughs> like, you just have a different hormone, probably. Owls have cortisol. Oh, they do? Yeah. Cortisol Invertebra is... make... Uh, what's an owl? Owl. <laughs> what Owls are, are dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, actually, one of the things that people do is they'll take, like, hairs and feathers and shit like that from animals and measure uh. the cortisol levels in those. Oh, that's cool. To get sort of, like, a historical readout of, like, the stressors in their system yeah, or something like that. fuck my ass. Call me a bitch, man. <laughs> how far back can we go? How, how far back can we cortisol date life? Oh, I don't know. I, I haven't actually thought about... Wait, when you say history, are you talking about like a history of species over hundreds of years? Or do you mean the history of that particular animal? Right. So I was talking about life history. Yeah, that makes a, a lot more sense. But I don't know if it works for like paleo history. Right. That I mean, would you be... would need a thing with cortisol though, right? You can't take like a stone foss and be like, I can't get the needle in! That's true. That's true. <laughs> but you know, in like fucking Siberian shit, some of those yeah. woolly mammoths, their hair is still around, right? That's like they true. got frozen. You can, you like, can find the last Dwormer, right, in Morrowind and get a sample from him. Wow, did Dwormer have very much hair? Yeah, they kind of looked like uh, Hammurabi. They they kind of looked Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they, oh, okay. they kind of got like a Hammurabi vibe. I do not know how many people are still with us on that one. But anyway. I don't know how many people still listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at some point, we'll probably do a full episode on circadian rhythm. And maybe we can look more into the idea like night owls and how that works with these cycles and everything like yeah. that. But I think basically the main idea is that there's a master clock in your brain. Yes. Right. And then there's a bunch of sort of what are called peripheral clocks all over the rest of your body and different organs and everything like that. And you need to keep them in sync. Okay. And cortisol might help make sure that the other clocks are like staying in sync with the master clock in your brain. So <laughs> at this point, let's take a break. Oh. Okay. And then when we come back, what we'll talk about are catecholamines, which are another set of stress hormones. Mm. The following is an actual advertisement. Write a review, and then you can share it. With the world. In any social media platform. And then your friends see it, and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. 
And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and CastBox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Web Day. Which is on the 8th of every month of every year of every century of every, you get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. Because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day. Because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y. Catecholamines. Yeah, this is a, a, an ancient civilization that first invented currency in Anatolia. <laughs> um, but also, you know, they discovered this stuff, so we name it after them. Cortisol is not the only stress hormone running around, okay? There's a whole other category of stress hormones called catecholamines. Which is a really rare genre, genre, whoops, genus of fungi that attacks birds. <laughs> Goddamn. Anyway, two of the big ones that are related to stress are epinephrine and norepinephrine. Mm. Which, by the way, are also called adrenaline and noradrenaline. Oh, okay. And there's no fucking difference between those things, except there is an over 100-year-old patent dispute. Between, like, one person who patented epinephrine and then another person who patented adrenaline. And it turns out that they were the same thing. But, like, it's already in the books in the U.S. as epinephrine. How can you patent just a thing that our body makes? Is that like patenting a phospholipid bilayer? Like, how do you patent that? Well, I think at first they didn't know that it was necessarily in the bodies of humans. What they did was they basically juiced the adrenal glands from animals ah. and got it. And they were like, hey, when you inject this into people, they get fucked up. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you get very excited. Man, capitalism does it again. <laughs> so, so I think that was the whole idea there. It, okay. it, was, it was like an animal extract. Okay, cool. So epinephrine, adrenaline, whatever, they're both what type of stress hormone again? Catecholamines. Right. Oh, right. That was a fish that was lost and they thought was extinct and they found off the coast of South Africa a couple decades ago. <laughs> Fuck. You can catch it in Animal Crossing. <laughs> also in the category of catecholamine, but not a stress hormone, is dopamine. Yes. So those three together, they're also all neurotransmitters, but these two, epinephrine and norepinephrine, can go out into your blood and they can go all over the place. Is it um, problematic that these chemicals always do like a thousand different things? Like it can be a little annoying. <laughs> yeah, it seems like problematic somehow to me. Like why can't your body just be like check check check? Everyone's got their job. Why is it gonna be like everyone's got their job plus two side jobs in the in the human body's version of the gig economy? Yeah, you know I think that's a, a certain aspect of evolution. Is right. Like, it's like oh, fixer upper. It's like I have all of these tools to make this molecule. And then I have all of this stuff to detect that molecule. Right. And all I need to do is make like a small tweak so that it can do something extra in some other part of my body. Right. Like that's low cost as opposed to, wow, let me figure out how to make a whole other molecule or something. Right. It's like I make a champion in Lord of the Rings online. And if I could just develop a different armor set, I could use the same skill set for multiple different instances. Wow. Yeah. Yes. It is like that. I was Cyridane. Uh <laughs> Dane means man in, in Numenorian. Yeah. Or Elvish. I don't know, but you were good. You were good. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. You're... I remember we played with two Canadian Indian brothers who just yell at each other all the time. Yeah, but they liked us a lot. Yeah. It was, it was brother on brother. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, ventrilo. So adrenaline, noradrenaline, those two are actually only distinguished by like a single methyl group. Okay, Just cool. like a carbon and some hydrogens on okay, it. Okay, but so not like... a patent dispute. <laughs> they are actually different uh, okay, chemicals, cool. okay. but barely, right? So like... 
overall, this is like a very similar set of stuff that goes around. And I mean, I think a lot of people have heard of adrenaline. Like yeah. An, an adrenaline rush, right? Yeah. That is the whole idea behind its use in stress. So these two molecules, they're detected by a group of receptors called adrenergic adrenergic receptors, okay. um, of which there are alpha and beta receptors. So why don't we just always pump ourselves full of adrenaline all the time if it makes us so hyper-aware and sexy? Oh, yeah. So because it does things like increase your blood pressure and heart rate and stuff like that, if you keep doing it, it can cause damage. Right, right, right. And Whereas also, we prefer to damage people in institutional ways, like the game of football. So there's a lot of things that the fight or flight does to you. Right. right? Because the whole idea is you're supposed to be gearing up to either run or fight. And yeah. You need to expend a lot of energy. It right? makes me vote Republican. <laughs> and so in some ways, you know, some of the stuff sounds good. It's like, hey, we start making a lot of glucose and dumping it into the blood. You start burning fat because you want to be able to... It's like, what, what are you keeping around emergency stores for? Right. You might be dead in a second. Like, let's use this shit. Yeah. But yeah. You, you also, you shut down your stomach. Right. You don't need your genitalia anymore. So all that stuff shuts off. Okay. I don't like it now. Right. That's what I'm saying is yeah. like, you probably don't shoot up with adrenaline because you, you want your dick to work. My balls are the funniest part of my body. <laughs> whenever I do, whenever my wife is feeling sad, I do a little ball dance. <laughs> Makes her happy again. Cause she's like, you're just like, you're like Mike Myers. You're so funny, Nathan, <laughs> with the ball dance. <laughs> So these receptors, <laughs> these uh, adrenergic receptors hang out on the cell surface of cells and they recognize epinephrine and norepinephrine outside the cells. And then they set off a whole bunch of signaling into the cell. Cool. Okay? And this cool. does stuff all over the body. For example, it causes vascular smooth muscle cells. Those are the smooth muscle cells outside of like your arteries. Yeah. And shit. It causes them to get excited yeah. and contract mm. and that tightens your arteries. Okay. Which increases your blood pressure. What do these signals sound like? Are they kind of more like a whoop, 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 or are they like a are they like wah, 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 wah. okay? Well, how do these signals sound? Uh, you know, I kind of imagine it like a like a creaking kind of like, you know, like, like, like that's as, creepy. As it's squeezing the, uh, the arteries tighter. It's creepy. The human body's gross. <laughs> so catecholamines also increase your heart rate and its contractility, so your heart starts beating harder. And it increases your blood sugar levels mm. to fuel your fight or flight response. Don't mess with my contractility. <laughs> <laughs> got my veins, I got my heart, see? So instead of always shooting up on adrenaline, which was your question. Yes. We actually can give people drugs to counteract the effect of adrenaline. Ah, because it's so deleterious to so many systems in your body. Especially if it's happening too often. Right. Right. And so, like, for example, a lot of people need to lower their blood pressure. And so we give them drugs called beta blockers. Right. And they're called beta blockers because they block the beta adrenergic receptors, which recognize epinephrine. Are human lives worth subsidizing through the state? (laughs) A different topic. (laughs) So long as it's my life, the answer is yes. (laughs) I'm proud to be an American. Fuck everybody yeah. else. Or at um, least I know you'll die. <laughs> but you can imagine that if there's some kind of monster coming at you, then you want to be all tight and ready to go. Yeah. Right? So that's like a that is why you want to have this adrenaline stuff available to you. It's just you and Mitch McConnell in a dark room. Run! <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't <laughs> he's, know. He's a snapping turtle. He gotta get your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but high blood pressure over time can damage your blood vessels all over your body. It can help develop uh, with the development of atherosclerosis, yeah. which is when that plaque builds up in your arteries. Right. And it can also damage your blood-brain barrier, like we talked about last time, right? Damn. High blood pressure can fuck up your blood-brain barrier. And to bring it back just a tiny amount, 
you being physiologically stressed that there's not enough Chardonnay increases your adrenaline, you're doing all that damage to your body. You, you yeah. You can. Yeah, you can. And especially because acute stress makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because it's like, there's something happening or you're anticipating something happening and you need that boost right. to be able to like get you over that issue so you can right. get back to normal. But chronic stress, where it's like every fucking day, there's this intractable problem that's not going away or something that's always eating away at you. Right. This is the kind of issue that means that you'll like spike your high blood pressure every day. Right. right? And that is not at all what stress was supposed to be about. Stress right. was supposed to be something healthy that helps you. A right. long time ago in the 1800s, this dude called it eustress versus distress. Okay. And eustress, like good, E-U. Right, stress. eudaimonia. Yeah. That was supposed to be the idea that like, Sometimes there's a tree falling and you have to leap out of the way, right? Yes. Or like a mom has to like pick up a truck to save a baby trapped underneath or some kind of shit. No, you don't, mom. <laughs> it's not your burden. So, you know, that kind of shit does make sense. And when we talk about stress, a lot of times it gets lost that there's ever a useful reason to be stressed. Right. There is. Yeah. But almost never chronic stress. Right. Which is, I think, what we all have. <laughs> Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm doing like way better than most people. All right. So everyone, thank you for listening to our first episode on stress. That was talking about the hormones going around and everything, right? Mm. If you got some coursing through your veins right now, thank Sean. He's hot. I hope you imagine him just all stressed out and writing these notes. Oh my God. Shirtless, was... high blood pressure, balls falling off. I was running so hot. I was running so hot writing these notes. You, know, you have no idea how stressed out I got reading all of these. You have no idea how stressed out I was imagining you stressed out. Just so hot, I got hot. Gross, okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, next time, we're going to talk about what's called the HPA axis, okay? Mm. So we're going to go one step back. What makes these hormones... Where does it get its signaling from? Damn. Right? So that's going to be on the next episode. I hope you guys stick around for that. But guys, all the stress stuff is like Lovecraft Country. Every episode is going to peel away a layer, get deeper and deeper to why 1930s pulp was just kind of poorly written. <laughs> just bad storylines. He had some fun ideas, but also he was not a good writer and he was racist. Yeah. HP Lovecraft, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like his writing's actually bad. What saved him is basically one guy somewhere drew a giant octopus monster. Yeah. And like, boy, that was great. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he got a boner and he was like, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's thank Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Thank you, Brian Allen, for art and Griffin for animation. And if you guys like any of this stuff, you can go ahead and go to patreon.com slash petridish. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the disturbing things that we do here. Rate and review all those disturbing things on any number of your sexy ways to listen to us. You're Australian, though? Uh, that that was that was an Australian accent. There was uh, you were doing JFK oh, in, really? in something. Yeah, at, at some. Yeah, oh, the Tokay Gecko thing. Right. I, I don't know if people saw this on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Dish Podcast. Yeah. You were doing the Tokay Gecko thing, and you were doing JFK. Yeah. But you started slipping out of JFK <laughs> into what I've been told by Australians. Yeah. Is a surprisingly good Australian accent. Really. And I, I was like, I think he was uh, doing JFK. <laughs> 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 My John kind of is on point though. That's crazy. All right. Anyway, yeah. thank you everybody, and I hope you stick around for next time. Ich bin ein Science.